Welcome back to Mission 2819, based on Matthew 2819, to go out and make disciples of all nations. I welcome you back to the show, the podcast on discipleship. I encourage you to continue going out, making disciples of all nations, and continue spreading the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. On today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about church leadership and what that means, some traits and characteristics of church leadership, which I think are all relevant and very important in today's modern church. So I thank you for coming back and listening on Mission 2819. I'm your host, Greg Vanetta. I thank you. Welcome back to Mission 2819. I, uh, again, extremely humbled uh, and encouraged by how many people are are starting to listen to uh, Mission 2819's uh, podcast on discipleship. It uh, it encourages me a lot, and uh, it is such a blessing. So thank you again for joining me on this next episode of uh, Church Leadership with Mission 2819. So today I want to start out, uh, since we're going to be talking about church leadership, I want to start out with uh, a really vital verse found in Mark 10, 42 through 45, which is such a strong supporting verse for how we are to conduct ourselves in church leadership. So Mark 10, 42 through 45 says, calling them to himself, Jesus said to them, you know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles domineer over them, and their people in high position exercise authority over them. But it is not this way among you. Rather, whoever wants to become prominent among you shall be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Thinking about this verse, uh, this is found in the the NASB. It's a 1977 edition, uh, just in case you're wondering. But thinking about this verse, this um, this is a model that we really, really, really need to adhere to and model as a church leader whether we're a volunteer or paid staff, um, we need to understand servant leadership and our role as leaders. Uh, if we don't, it, it's really risky and too high of a risk that arrogance and pride would come into our hearts. So we, we need to understand that as a church leader, whether it's inside the walls of the church or outside, our mission is to uh, serve others as Christ did. So there's some traits that go along with this verse that um, I want to give to you that would really display the character of servant leadership. And the number one most important thing is being a servant of God. If if we're not a servant of God, then we need to sit back and reevaluate our our lives and our walk and think about are we 
are we supposed to be serving in the church? Is uh, is this where God wants me to be? And how is this going to edify the body and continue to build the kingdom here and now? So number one is a servant of God. We have to be empathetic. Uh, we have to be self-aware of ourselves. And when it's time to step down or evaluate some personal life decisions, we have to be willing to to do that, we have to be willing to set aside ourselves so God can continue working and building his kingdom. Sometimes our own intentions, uh, not that they not that they are intentional of getting in front of being a servant, but it, it can happen. So we just have to be self-aware of that. Uh, we have to be persuasive with God's word in truth. And that's the key part is being persuasive in truth. We can't we can't make up a truth about God's word. We can't distort it. We can't manipulate it. Um, we need to preach God's word in truth. It's such a big responsibility that we have as leaders, whether, again, if we're a volunteer or if we're a paid staff, we have to be careful with God's word. Um, it's one of the biggest responsibilities I think that a human being can have is to know the truth so that it not only will it set you free, but it'll help set others free as well. So we we really need to, to watch ourselves with that. Um, one thing that uh, church leaders can get caught up on too much is, uh, like any business, you just watch the bottom line and you're either adding to or subtracting from. So what does that do? That uh, it it allows the individual to only focus on pixels of a picture, right? But as a church leader, we need to focus on the big picture. What's the outcome of what we're trying to accomplish here uh, to give glory to God? We need to be stewards of others. We certainly need to be com committed to people. If we're not committed to people, we're not called to be uh, in leadership and that is hard to digest, but it is also the reality, right? Um, we have to be committed to people because if we're not, we're not going to be able to serve them, right? We're not going to be able to, to display servant leadership. Another thing, too, that uh, we need to think about is how do we build a community? The church is a special place, and it's it's not just a community. It's also a culture. <coughs> Excuse me. It's also a culture, and that's what the kingdom of God is here now. It's a community and a culture, and if we understand that, we know how to operate in our spiritual gifts here and how to continue going out and making disciples of all nations. If we don't commit ourselves to building a community and culture of the kingdom, the risk of allowing the world to step into the church to influence the body again, is a high risk. And a good example of that it would be uh, tomorrow um, Tomorrow on Sunday, there's going to be one of the biggest worship services on the planet that are, is going to take place. And people will wear the colors and images of what they want to worship, and millions will flock to... Uh, the sanctuary, uh, chanting and celebrating and rejoicing. 
others may live stream this service, but this isn't really servant leadership and it's not creating a community and culture in the church. And what I'm talking about is a Super Bowl and there's nothing wrong with the Super Bowl, so don't take me the wrong way. But I just wanted to give you a representation of what can happen if we're not committed to people and um, continuing the growth of a community and culture of God's kingdom here and now. So with God's kingdom, we have eternity past, we have God's kingdom here and now, and we have eternity future. And so many Christians today are just looking for eternity future. They kind of forget about eternity past and just let that that thought go. But it's also important to us. Uh, but what's really important for being a servant leader is understanding the kingdom of God here and now and how we build a community and culture in that kingdom. And that's by presenting the truth at all costs. As church leaders, again, this is um, for a volunteer or a paid staff. But as church leaders, we need to understand that that we are responsible to lead. And some of us may have giftings in certain areas, whether it is uh, being an usher or greeter at the door when people are coming into the church, um, teaching and preaching from the pulpit, leading worship, uh, running certain programs that the church may offer, uh, going out and evangelizing. We just need to understand that we're responsible to lead. And with that responsibility, we have to carry the truth close to our heart and rely on the Holy Spirit for guidance and direction with that. Um, And the only way to do that, honestly, is uh, as a church leader, we need to make sure that uh, we're maintaining a good conscience before God and others and that our personal walk and relationship with the Lord is continuing to grow daily. Are we spending time in scripture reading? Are we asking questions to, uh, I'll just call him a seasoned Christian that uh, has been a Christian for many, many years and is living faithfully for the Lord? Are we are we seeking wisdom and advice from them in our daily walks? Are we... Uh, allowing the resources that God has given us to help build our faith. So we need to, we definitely need to make sure that we have a good conscience before God and others, which Paul will talk and tell us that is uh, living above reproach. And it is so important that we do live above reproach as uh, we're working with people that are going through struggles and hardships of life and require time and attention. And this is okay. Um, so we have to live above reproach. And what that does is it uh, it gives them an, an example of what godly living is. And it helps them to understand the time of Jesus. And when he was here, how, uh, how he modeled the father's character and virtue while on earth during his ministry. So we get the gift of being able to model that same character and virtue of Jesus Christ who modeled the Father's will. And that is something so special to anybody, whether it's a believer or a lost soul. It uh, It is truly a gift. So just be intentional about um, 
making sure that you're maintaining a good conscience before God and before others. Another thing uh, with being a church leader that we do need to consider and as a vital element um, to our, not just to our daily walk of faith, but how we uh, conduct ourselves with other people is that as a church leader, as a godly person, we are individuals of faith and prayer that uh, encourage others to seek and read and meditate on scripture and also pray fast and uh, just continuously be looking to the Lord. Uh, this is something that does get overlooked so much I, um, in my own personal experience have noticed just in our rural community here that some churches are flourishing and they're presenting the gospel and truth and they're leading people to Christ. Uh, people are being baptized. It, it's a beautiful, beautiful blessing. And uh, some of the stagnant churches that are around, what I have noticed is that there's a lack of prayer life. So prayer meetings are not existing within the church uh, personal prayer life is dwindling or hardly there. Uh, prayer is our number one form of communication between us and God. So why would we not encourage people to uh, develop and continue building their prayer life? It is so important. Uh, prayer needs to be involved, not just in a Sunday morning worship service or a Sunday school class, but every aspect of our life, whether it's a career decision, a financial decision, uh, how do we help other people if it's financial or um, a material need such as uh, food and water, shelter. Um, prayer brings us closer to God and it is, a gift, it is a gift for us to be able to communicate with God through prayer. So th this is a very important to church leadership that we'd always be encouraging people to pray and communicate with God. And through that, one of the things as a church leader that we can um, help others that may be having difficult times of, well, I'm not sure about my faith or I have so many questions. There's just not enough evidence or maybe the evidence hasn't been provided to the individual. What prayer does is it gives reassurance to to a person who is either looking to trust in Jesus for the first time or a seasoned Christian that has maybe turned back to the ways of the world. What it does, what prayer does, is it gives assurance that as a Christian, we are willing to walk through suffering in order to suffer with Christ through the crucifixion. And this is so important because as a Christian, we know that life is not easy. It's um, There's always going to be hardships. There's always going to be challenges, trials and tribulations that come every single day. It's, it's inevitable, right? It, we're going to have it every single day. Uh, living the Christian life is not easy. In fact, it's actually painful at times because we are called to sacrifice so much. But the real gift that we do have is being able to suffer with Christ through the crucifixion. That is a gift to us that draws us closer to Jesus 
And we need to view suffering as a gift and be able to rejoice in it. This is obviously easier said than done, but uh, once we get to that point where we can start saying, all right, Lord, uh, today was difficult. Um, I made some bad choices. I had some bad thoughts, but I repent. Please forgive me and teach me how to rejoice in these hardships and trials of life that would bring me closer to you. There's some freedom in that for anybody that is dealing with a hardship. And there's there's so much hardship in life right now. I've ran into so many people um, just this week that are experiencing hardships of life and don't know what to do. And they're looking to the church to be able to help them out. And the church uh, does help them, but... If we, if we ourselves as Christians don't know what a gift we have to be able to suffer with Jesus through the crucifixion, um, the issue is, is that it leaves room for pride and arrogance to come into our heart. And one thing about arrogance that I do want to mention is it is very destructive, especially in church leadership. Uh, when we're called to be a servant leader, um, if there's any amount of arrogance in our heart that would take us away from a full purity of heart, if there's any arrogance in our heart, it it trickles to the mind as well. And then all of a sudden it, it um, comes as an outflow of our actions, our words. And when we think about arrogance, we see that arrogance is truly just a product of rebellion and Arrogance wants us to remain in control when, as a servant leader, we know that God is in control. His Holy Spirit here with us and dwelling in our heart is in control, not us. And that's something that I see as a, as a real challenge to the modern church today is that with so many successes in life and um, dreams that people would have of having a bigger home or having a better car having more money, just the ridiculous stuff of life, the secondary issues of life, right? Um, arrogance has been something that almost has been supported in some way because it shows other people, oh, hey, he's a strong individual. And really, if we're going to look at a person, who who is the strongest person that, uh, that would walk the earth today? And it's the one that would remain humble in humility and be able to be in a broken state and uh, be able to walk through suffering as a gift with Jesus. So arrogance is a, it's a deadly thing and it can really destroy the human heart. You may have good intentions or the person, you know, may have good intentions, but if any sign of arrogance is is in there, it, uh, the risk is way too high and, for the product of rebellion coming out. You could be sitting with somebody wanting to help them, doing something benevolent for them that the uh, Holy Spirit has prompted on your heart. And as soon as that comes up, the arrogance tries to uh, tries to trap that in a snare of the enemy. And all of a sudden, 
you want to control and then asking, well, what does this benefit me? You know, my time's worth money. My resources are worth money. Well, then the whole aspect of the church being benevolent and having integrity and humbleness and humility is just, it's, it's out the window for the individual that needs help. So we really got to watch ourselves as church leaders um, that we're coming to servant leadership with a pure heart because with a pure heart or the purity of heart, we know that the power of God uh, resides there. So that's something just to reflect on as well uh, when you're in prayer and studying and having quiet times is do I have any arrogance in my heart that would lead to control that's still continuing to be a product of rebellion. I have to, I have to reflect on this daily and trust me, it is not easy. It, uh, it truly is painful at times, but it is so necessary because when we see the arrogance come in and we say, Hey Lord, I repent, please forgive me, remove this from me. We are reassured of our salvation and our deliverance from our past life. And we look to eternity future with Jesus in hope, knowing that Jesus will always stay true to his promises. Uh, with that, um, with arrogance, uh, when the Holy Spirit removes that from us, um, we then see the importance of church leaders. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm still getting over this uh, head cold here, so I could still use some prayers. But as church leaders, again, whether volunteer or paid staff, um, when that arrogance is removed, and I'm not saying that every leader has arrogance, so don't take me the wrong way. This is I'm just giving you the risk of it coming into the heart, and it's such a slow... Um, slow transformation that happens when arrogance comes in. We hardly ever notice it. Um, so don't take me the wrong way. Um, but if arrogance is in the heart and it is removed, uh, as a church leader, we understand the, the depth of responsibility we have to uh, keep watch over the souls of the church, over the flock, and the depth of protecting the flock from false teachings, false doctrine, uh, the ways of the world. And, you know, the church is a, it's a hospital for the spiritually sick. And it's, it's a beautiful place that healing happens. And we can be assured that the Holy Spirit is, is healing people in the church because uh, it is Jesus church, right? So, we will, again, understand the depth of our responsibility and the value that is in watching and protecting the flock once we come to God with a pure heart and all arrogance removed. I encourage any uh, anybody that's in church leadership right now, um, pray, pray for your congregation, pray for your body, pray for your volunteers, uh, love on them unconditionally. Uh, go encourage them. They they may be going through a hard hardship of life too, or a hard time. Um, a lot of people are closed off today, 
So just see, see how you can encourage your leaders and how you can build and develop them. Uh, walk side by side with them through their hardships. Uh, there's something really beautiful about that. And when we walk with other people through the hardships of life, we begin to see the big picture of the church. And we're not so focused on certain little pixels of the picture, much like business operates today in America and all around the globe, just looking at the bottom line. But uh, as a church leader, we need to remain with a focus on the big picture, knowing that Jesus is in control and that the big picture is one day all things will be made new and that we will be spending eternity with Jesus. So let's prepare the flock now. Let's pray for them. Let's love on them. Let's encourage them. Let's help them build and develop their knowledge and faith in Scripture. And let's support them as much as we can. Let's show them the ways of truth. Show them what a life with Jesus is and what it is all about. And then encourage them to go out and continue working in the Great Commission of building and developing disciples of all nations. We need to do this today. It uh, Again, this may not be happening in your area, but I've been picking up on little things in our rural area. And it's it's a it's a transformation that's coming there's there's believers up here that are on fire for the lord and are ready to go out and continue in the great commission and inviting people to the lord's final banquet dinner so may this inspire you and encourage you as well in your area to continue doing the same and may it always honor and glorify the lord because the one thing we want is god's truth and we always want god's truth to be known and implanted in our hearts anything else we don't want so i encourage you today to uh, love and support your church leadership the flock the body of christ and continue in the great commission so i thank you for listening to uh to this uh, episode on church leadership today and um, again uh i apologize for uh the head cold, it's its kind of getting better, and, and then it gets worse, and it gets better. But um, you know what? Uh, God's grace is still still more than a head cold, so all praise, honor, glory, and power belong to him. Thank you for listening again today on Mission 2819. Encourage, encourage your body or anybody that is in church leadership today to listen to this episode and and have a conversation about it. We're going to have different perspectives, but uh, get the conversation going and see how you can help build and develop your church body, help protect the flock, and continue in the Great Commission in Matthew 28-19. Again, I appreciate all of you listening and helping spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I unconditionally love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. You encourage me. You inspire me. And uh, let's continue in the Great Commission. I'm your host, Craig Vanetta. Be blessed today.